And welcome back to the Bat Around. I'm Craig Heist and the fan diligently working on something on his computer. Social media. Social media. <laughs> I'm social media director of the show. Too. <laughs> he, he has yet to figure it out. A little slow. A little slow and has yet to figure it out. Somebody who is not slow and has always got it figured out is our good buddy Hank Allen, who is a baseball scout in the major leagues, former Washington Senators outfielder. Who, when the uh, when when the moon landing took place in 1969, landing, landing, When the moon landing took place in '69, he was at Yankee Stadium. Really? Yeah, playing left field. Wow. He thought he was in center, but he actually was playing left field. Where yeah. were you when the moon landing uh, took place? I was place? probably playing ball out in the backyard somewhere. Hank Allen joins us on the phone. Hank, how are you? All right, good. Good to be with you guys. Uh, we we brought you on uh, to talk a little bit about baseball, but a whole bunch about horse racing. And, All right, uh, ready to K- go. Kentucky Derby just two weeks away. But I got to ask you real quick: uh, you were at the game last night at uh, Camden Yards. Uh, what do you you know? You know, we look at Dylan Bundy's stats, and it's a shame that he doesn't have more to show for those five outings. Well, I'll tell you what, the game that he pitched last night was just an outstanding, and if he continues to pitch a pitch like that, you'll forget all about uh, those earlier games that uh, he didn't get the wins. But he was just outstanding last night. Everything was working for him, and uh, he pitched an outstanding game last night. He had good command, good control, used all of his pitches. He just He was in complete control the whole time. Let me ask you this, Hank, about Dylan. Uh, he's clearly the, got the potential to be the best Orioles starting pitcher since Mike Mussina, who left the club after the 2000 season. That next step that he needs to take, we're agreeing, uh, Craig and I, um, is that he, if he could cut that pitch count down a little bit to go a little deeper into games, with his stuff and the way he likes to pitch, is that really possible for him, or is he such an artist that he's not going to give in to batters, and that's going to raise that pitch count a little bit? And Hank, you know, I don't agree with many people. You know, <laughs> especially me, especially him. Well, let, let's try this on for size, and then let me hear what you think. One of the things that I think that will help him, if if the offense could score him a few more runs, yeah. Where, when he's on the mound, that he could feel a little bit That's a more good point. comfortable. Yeah. And, and he didn't have to be so precise at times. Last night, he was just masterful. Yep. And as you know, every time that you go to the mound, that you don't have your good stuff and you just don't you have good control and command. Last night, he did. But if the offense could come up and support him a little bit more, which they haven't done, his record would be, a lot better if his, if the offense had come through for him. If he were pitching, let's say, for another club that had a little better offense or if the offense really got going, you'd see you'd see this guy, when he took the mound, it would be almost a matter. You'd, be, you'd expect to win just about every time that he went out there. So are you going to be at the game today? I will. So today you're going to see the flip side of that coin. You're going to see one of the best starters the Orioles have had over the last 15, 18 years, but who's on clearly on very thin ice at this point with his future with the club as a starting pitcher. 
I don't know if you've seen any of the games on TV. I've but, seen them. So what are you seeing with Chris Tillman? Is it well, still it, a, a, is a, it still a it, physical it, issue? It, it, I don't see a physical issue at all. And last year, I I didn't see where, you know, he had that sore shoulder and what mm-hmm. have you. You know, last year he started out. And uh, in spring training, of course, I saw him in the spring as well last year. And they protected him because he had the bad shoulder. But he, right now, he seems to be throwing free and easy. But you, you've got a problem here. And I think in his case, it's a flip side here. It's been a constant struggle has no control and command. And when you get there, it gets into your head. And right now, you know, he's trying to trying to do a whole lot of things. He's trying to throw strikes, trying to keep the ball out of the area where the hitters uh, can take advantage of him. And it's a constant struggle. And it's too bad that he has to work on all of those things at the major league level. Yeah. Personally, I would have rather seen him go to the minors and work out all the things that he needs to work out so that he could regain his confidence. And confidence in our game is, is, is it's 75 to 80% of what makes you successful because you have to believe in yourself. And you can see it in him when he goes to the mound that he's not a confident pitcher right now no. because it's a constant struggle. I agree with you. I think the minor leagues would be really the, the laboratory that he needs to go without the pressure of performing every five days to really, right. to really kind of redefine himself as a pitcher. That's right. Yeah, uh, Hank, you have to regain that confidence. Because you know, in my way of thinking of it, Hank, and you and I have this discussion a lot in terms of the mental aspect of the game. When things aren't going, you never talk to me about the mental aspects of the game. Well, you have right? to have that. You have to have the capacity that Hank has. You know. What I'm <laughs> uh, but my my point is. When he struggled as much as he has over the last year and a half, this has got to be playing on his head. Oh, gee whiz. It's, this is a, a daily. This is something that's in his mind daily, not when he just takes the field. This will keep him up at night and where he's not sleeping and resting well, not eating well because he's trying to find his way because he knows that every outing depends upon on his career, whether he's going to have a career. Right. Hey, we're going to have one in about 15 minutes, a guy who's the director of marketing for the New York Mets, an old friend of mine from here in Baltimore. He was an intern with me. His name is Mark Fine. I can't, okay. ask, I can't ask him this question because he's not a spokesperson for the, the baseball side of operations there. This situation that Mickey Calloway is facing with Matt Harvey, where uncharacteristically a manager called into question – before talking to the player whether or not he could continue to send him out as a starting pitcher, and then the media descended upon Harvey, uh, who seemed somewhat more than a little surprised. In New York. In New York. <laughs> of course, uh, I of think course. Mickey Calloway is pretty darn smart. I think he was sending a message to Harvey, and Harvey didn't receive the message very well. He started talking about this is after he gave up six runs to the Braves in the first three innings. He talked about how, well, I'm a starting pitcher, and the fact that I could get through the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings is proof of that because it proved I could get hitters out second, third time around. Even missing something about the first time around. Um, I, I get the sense that Matt Harvey isn't real popular in that locker room, and I think Mickey Calloway's taking this as an opportunity 
to win over his locker room by doing the right thing. And he's had issues before, Hank, in that locker room. Absolutely, he has, and it stems from right back. We all know that that, uh, the type of personality that he's had. He's had him on and off the field. Yep. And I think Callaway has done exactly what you said. He's sending a message, and he's a young, new manager, and he wants to take charge of that club. Yep. And he's not going to have anybody – you know, or kind of say, well, I'm in charge here. I'm going to do what I want. You can't do that to me. And he's, he's making a statement here to his club right now. It's easy. You have to do the job. And you can't blame him because that's what you're supposed to do. When you, have, when you go out there, you have the opportunity to show us, not tell us right. what you can do. Right. And you have to show us and produce when you go to the mound. Uh, and he hasn't done that. Did you and let's, let's face it now, until you establish yourself, that you can get the job done, a la in spring training when they were talking about Hamels in Texas, when they were talking about going to the six-man rotation, he said, hey, no, I don't believe in that. I've always been in a five-man rotation. This is the way that I've been trained. I'm not for that. Now, the, the difference there, he's established. And he goes out there and he's productive. Yeah, he has some well, cachet. He can't be productive. Yeah. Pardon? He, he has, has some, cachet. He has some yeah. cachet there. Yes. Um, would Matt Harvey, I, I'm not asking you ego-wise, it seems like the furthest thing from his mind is going back to the minor leagues and sort of reinventing himself a little bit. That would be the right thing to do with him as well, wouldn't it? Uh, absolutely. And yeah. let, let, me, let me tell you, the, the thing that makes us as baseball players, you have to believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. But that same determination and, and tough spirit that you have, can hurt you because you have to believe in yourself that you can be successful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you you have to believe in your ability, but players, baseball players, we're the last to know sometimes when we want to, to believe that we need to go back and redefine ourselves sometimes. That's because you believed you were in center field that day. The guys landed on the moon. <laughs> I don't want to admit to it. I still don't want to admit to it. <laughs> But you know what? We we have such a laugh over that because that I did a piece for WTOP when I was I remember did the whole thing yep. with Hank, uh, added Bob Shepard because they stopped the game in the right, middle of it. Right. And, you know, yes. Shepard yes. Shepard comes on and uh, announces landed your on attention, the moon. please. <laughs> you know, they've landed on the moon and I and a moment of silence right. in the whole nine yards. But Hank and I, we tease each other about that all the time. Hey, Hank, uh, a a couple other pitchers before we start talking a little Kentucky Derby, but a couple pitchers who have redefined themselves since being acquired by the Houston Astros are Justin Verlander, who I'm not saying had the Chris Tillman problems or the Matt Harvey problems, but he looked to be a little bit on the down or backside of his career and he's been nothing short of phenomenal since he's become a Houston Astro. Is that some of the analytics department convincing him to pitch a little differently? No, Craig. Uh, it's the total opposite of uh, what we were talking about. He came over there, and with that offense that supported him, where he's been able while to relax. He, was in Detroit, yeah. he did not have the support offensively mm-hmm. when he went to the mound and he had to be perfect every time that he went out there. And that's a tough thing to do. Yep. When he came over there, everybody just, they were just so happy to have him. They were singing his praises and they met him. 
did everything possible to make him feel comfortable. And all he did was walk out to the out there to the mound. He knew he was going to going to uh, we were going to score runs. All he needed to do to do was to go out there and do give us the best that that he could give us. He didn't have to change a thing, and that's exactly what they told him. You they know, didn't want him to change anything. You know what else I think yeah. too with that move of Verlander, that helped in that clubhouse. Helped McHugh be better. Yeah. And helped Keuchel because I think Hank will tell you Keuchel has his own issues as far as, yeah, you know, confidence. I'm, I'm a me guy yep. to some degree. Yep. You know, and I, I think he's helped everybody on that staff. Well, I think he's helped McCullers, with, with, too. Without, yeah. a, without a doubt, so, he has helped. So who has helped Garrett Cole because he's pitching otherworldly. He's pitching back to what he was three, four years ago. Uh, a remarkable trade, and and actually a good trade for the Pirates too. Good trade for the Pirates, but a great trade for us. This was a guy that I had recommended for the last four years, and because he was unhappy, number one in in Pittsburgh, right? He felt that they weren't treating him right. Wasn't anything on the field that this was from the front office when he pitched well that one year, and he felt that he deserved a little bit more credit for what he had, yeah. had I, done there. I hear but he also hated the I hear he also hated the Steelers too, which makes <laughs> him a good guy. <laughs> hey let's move let's move over to the Kentucky Derby real quick. I'm seeing that this horse uh, is it justify is the yeah. favorite for two weeks hence. Any chance that turns around between now and then? Well, no, this horse is going to go in into the race probably probably as as the favorite, you know. Uh, I'll tell you, his last race, on they have a thing that they call thoroughbreds, and boy, he ran a, an outstanding race. He had a 107 buyer figure in that last race. This horse will remind you somewhat of uh, Secretariat. With his really? Size. Oh, my Lord, yes. So he, this guy has a absolutely superstar written all over him the question is he's inexperienced Mm -hmm. he's undefeated off the first three races that he's run he could have set a track record in the last two races easily but they went easy with him because he's such a young horse he didn't run as a two-year-old and he's got a lot to overcome and in the history of the kentucky derby over 100 some years there's been no horse who has won the derby that hasn't run and win as a two-year-old and you got two horses that one is going to be uh, justified, and the other one is Malibu Moon. Right. Neither ran as a two-year-old. That's but fascinating. Boy, they're undefeated, and boy, they got superstar written all over them. Two, two of the the top eight horses or so are Good Magic, who's listed at six to one, and a horse named Solomina Solomini. Um, well, they're both they're both they're they're both sired by they're both sired by Curlin. Yes. Yep. Yes. Well, that's only part of it. You know, Curlin is a good sire, but I tell you what, you've got some you've got some horses in here that are sired by other top sires as well. Uh, Magnum Moon. Now, uh, let me go back a little bit. Justify and Salamini both are trained by Bob Baffert, and you know he's an outstanding mm-hmm. trainer. Yep. And when it comes to the Derby, you know he knows how to get the job done in the big races. But here you got this other horse called Magnum Moon. He's uh, uh, talking about sires. He's by the horse that used to be uh, here in Maryland, that uh, used to stand 
here in Maryland, you know. And uh, I'll tell you what, this horse is just as smooth as Justify. He can get the job done. The distance will be no problem. And I look for, for either one. It'll be something else if the two of them lock up uh, coming down that long stretch, you know, to, to see who can win it. But the other horse that you mentioned in here is Good Magic. Yep. Now, he won. He won the Breeders' Cup two-year-old Breeders' Cup race last year and broke his maiden in that race. And this horse here, he won one of the uh, prep races for the Derby as well. And he's coming into this race uh, who also is coming off of a career-high Thorgrath figure in there. He come home in the final eighth of the mile in that race in 13-1, and and that's after running the uh, previous quarter in 25. So he's an outstanding individual coming in here. Do you, do you know who's riding Justify and Good Magic and Solar Minning? Uh, yes. Uh, and I know I'm uh, throwing this at you at the last minute. Is it Michael uh, Smith? Smith? Is it Mike Smith? Riding, Michael Smith. Smith will be be riding uh, Justify. Yes, will be riding uh, uh, Justify. And uh, Good Magic, I'm not sure. It looks like Ortiz. Riding. Ortiz is riding Good Magic. And, okay. And okay. Pratt. P-R-A-T, F. Pratt, is riding Solomini. So, yes. Now, that's that's Baffert's uh, young young rider. He, he's coming on the scene, and boy, is he making a name for himself out there in California. All right. Well, Hank, we really appreciate your coming on. If you were picking right now, would it be Justify? Well, I'll tell you, it's hard to go away from him. Yep. I've watched his races, but I'll tell you, I love Malibu Moon. Okay. Malibu Moon is going to be ridden by Sayers. Oh, I'm sorry. He's by Malibu Moon, but his name is Magnum. Magnum Moon, right. Magnum. Todd, Plet- yeah. Todd Pletcher's horse. Todd Pletcher. Todd Pletcher. Todd Pletcher has four horses in this. Story. Wow. It's unbelievable. I don't recall that. But last thing for you. Did you know the, the great writer, Sports Illustrated writer, William Knack, who just passed away? He was a great horse no, racing writer. Okay. Just wondered, all right, because, yeah. you know, in the old days when I used to get a subscription to Sports Illustrated, that's when I would keep up with all the prep races. I'm going back 30 years. And, right. And Knack wrote all those stories about Grouse Stark and Little Current, and, you know, he, yeah. he kept you up to date on those. But yeah. when Stan put money on horse racing back then, that's very similar to, to his fantasy, fantasy baseball. baseball. You know, now. it's exactly it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> And I do have a question for you, Hank, before we let you go. Did you get okay. a chance to see the Scherzer-Kershaw matchup last night? I did. I did. And uh, for the Nats, who are kind of hovering around that 500 mark, big road trip for them yep. because uh, they took two out of three from the Mets. They're in L.A., and then they go to San Francisco before they come back home. Uh, last night, pretty pretty impressive by Scherzer again. I think they, the whole club, Scherzer, we know that what he can do. This guy's at the top of his game right now, you know, and he went out there to prove a point right now. Yep. He stamped himself that, hey, guys, I'm, I still have it, and I'm here. Let's get it going. And I'll tell you, the offense, uh, hey, they came through for him last night. be interesting to see what Strauss does tonight. Hank, I look, yes, forward, to see, I'll see, look forward to seeing you out at the park today. It's been a while. All right, buddy. All you right. guys take care. Good All talking right. to you. Always a pleasure.